Hey listeners, welcome to Crafty, the show about amazing people and their craft. On today's show, we are talking with Ryan and I'm Shane. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crafty. Greetings, everyone. My name is Nick of Crafty Podcast and Legendary Voice Prints. I am here today with Ryan and Shane of BuzzFeed Blue, I believe it is. That's why I see the YouTube tag as. Would you mind introducing yourself to us? Hey, how's it going? I'm Ryan. And I'm Shane. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, good that we nailed that with. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, not a problem. I understand you guys do the the unsolved YouTube series for BuzzFeed, in, including uh, true crime and uh, supernatural stuff. Yeah, I, I'd say that's pretty accurate. And anything that kind of falls in between the two, uh, pretty much that that covers pretty much the gamut of all the things that we cover. But we do have two shows: true crime and supernatural. Yeah. Oh, it's two shows. Yeah, I mean they're spiritually very similar, but eventually uh I think they realized it was probably best to to focus on, you know, one season doing true crime, one doing more supernatural stuff because when you mix them up, I don't know. It's tough to go from from blood and murder to uh <laughs> yeah. to spooky Bigfoot stories. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good to keep this just the inertia moving of like, you know, covering cold cases for a season. Having pressing the reset button, then going into finding ghouls and cryptids like Bigfoot uh, for another season. So, um, do you guys actually get around to solving these things ever, or are they always unsolved? I mean, the very nature of the show would imply that uh, <laughs> that yeah, that there's not going to be uh, any sort of conclusion. I would say there's a couple that I feel like we pretty much got it solved. I got, we don't, we could never officially say that it would never be admissible in court, but I think we presented a compelling enough case to the point where at least I feel like we got the guy, which ultimately means nothing because my opinion is. <laughs> well, but also, I mean, all of the cases are unsolved usually because there's not enough evidence there to really, to really nail down anything concrete. So, or there's too know. much evidence and they're covering it. That's frightening. Right. Yeah. That's oh, right. no, yeah. <laughs> so, so the cover-ups always. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that always sucks. All right. Well, so what makes Unsolved different from other YouTube shows like Shane Dawson's uh, conspiracy series? Um, I don't know. I would say it's it's got its own voice for sure. Like we definitely uh present the cases in pretty thorough fashion, but we do also uh you know, provide commentary on the cases in a very conversational way, which in a weird way actually feels a lot like a podcast. Um, and I don't think there's too many true crime or, you know, supernatural shows that do that, at least on TV or on YouTube. And we also have the perspective of like two different people. Like I'm pretty different from him. Yeah. I would also say Unsolved is very, it can, it can border on very cinematic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Ryan made the decision this past true crime season to sort of uh, see who around BuzzFeed would be interested in directing reenactments for the true crime episodes. Usually, those are just all graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but some of them are so, the stories are so visual that uh, Ryan thought it'd be a good idea to to bring some people in and actually shoot some reenactments, and they turned out incredible. Um, well, thanks, man. Yeah, hey, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get into live action stuff now. There's been a yeah. few this season. Uh, the the season finale also has some that's coming up. Um, so yeah, they turned out really great. It's it's just um, and a lot of the stories are just very cinematic sometimes. So I think it lends itself to that. 
Yeah, I would say, I'd say that sums it up. I'm, I'm good with that. I guess with Roswell, I guess there was not a whole lot of ways to illustrate a ship crashing, though, I guess. Like, yeah, other than graphics, we couldn't really... We don't, uh, yeah, we don't have a budget for, I mean, you know, short of a, a little miniature on a, a fishing pole, I don't think yeah, we yeah. could really... But you could have it would have been cool. <laughs> I, I don't know, that. Theory, that would have been a, a lot. Yeah, let's... Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Oh, well, um, oh, I noticed that, uh, Ryan, you're the one who's usually the anti-conspiracy uh, anti, uh, theory guy, though, right? <laughs> oh, no, that's him. That's Shane. Shane. Uh, you know, I'm not anti-anything. I just have a strict set of beliefs, and I apply them independently to each individual situation that we cover. And a lot of the times, that involves me telling Ryan that I think he's an insane person, and that's fine. That's a roundabout way to say that, yeah, he's not a conspiracy theory guy. He just added more words to it. Yeah, more fluff. Sure. I mean, the contrast is what makes the show so entertaining to watch, aside from the actual content, so that's not a bad thing. Oh, thank you. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. He said that was uh, he's so downtrodden. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like that's like half the reason you choose to watch a, a show like that, because everyone wants to talk about of Bigfoot and JFK and all the, you know, Jack the Ripper, but there are certain people who make it a lot more entertaining to listen to, so. Uh, thank you, appreciate I'm glad some people actually find this entertaining. When it comes to Bigfoot, I am fully on board with Oh, uh, Jesus. Well, you know, that's a good example of me not being just a hard skeptic no. because Bigfoot is meat and bone, and that's fully, you know, that's completely possible. We're just talking about an animal here. And, um, you know, a lot of people also think I don't believe in aliens. I do. Uh, so, so, you know, we're, you know, we're layered individuals. Lots you know, of, uh, forget. lots of cognitive dissonance coming from the Absolutely guy. Absolutely not. I think so. No? Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, okay. Well, so this was something that I was curious about myself. Uh, does Ryan do all the research himself or where do you get these theories? So in the beginning, when the show first started, when started when it started at a micro level, yeah, I did most of the research myself. Um, and then as the show got bigger, we had uh, a little bit more support from BuzzFeed. We had uh, we were able to get more access to our research team, who was great. They provide me with pretty much all the research. I do my own independent research to collaborate with them, but they usually tell me that my research is insane. And that uh, it's not it's not based in fact. They go through a lot of red pens. Yeah, and they, they mark up Ryan's scripts. They, they mark up my scripts with things. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, you can't. That's not true. We could get sued for all of these things. <laughs> so uh, they're 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 there to to help me uh, give the appearance of a sane man, and uh, I'm thankful for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter how many conspiracy or unsolved shows you watch every time you watch one there's a different fact in each of them so couldn't help be a little curious yeah, yeah that's true yeah i mean i do have a natural curiosity for all these things which is why i started the show yeah and how i could you know fall into these rabbit holes of just weird parts of the internet yeah, i think any all these cases also have so many details that whoever is researching them tends to pick out the things they find most interesting and you're weird. And so. I and I tend to find the more weird things very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, like, by no means am I a professional researcher or an investigator. I'm just a dude who has access to Google 
And I can use it. I yeah, maybe that's the cool hell out of that. Maybe the charm of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just a just a dummy with Wikipedia. Yeah. How can we use Wikipedia as a source? Our research team would cut my hands off if I. But it's, it's a good. It's, it's yeah. Cool. But <laughs> that's where we all begin, really. Just following that little. Just since high school, I guess. It's fine. I heart Wikipedia. Yeah. I don't care. I love okay. Wikipedia. Even if none of it is true, there's just the links everywhere that get me thinking about entirely new things. Yeah. Honestly, I've seen some Wikipedia pages be pretty accurate. Yeah, that's After true. comparing it to real research. I'm like, yes, they nailed it. Yeah, you've got all those boring people who uh, always update the pages and yell at anyone who changes them. Yeah, then, of course, you have the people that, like, update the page with fake information. Like, we investigated this bridge in Texas and, and, in, and in, the, in the episode itself, but Demon owns this bridge. Uh, that the bridge would then transfer ownership to me and Shane. I did challenge that. And then Demon didn't show itself, so someone went on Wikipedia and changed the name of the bridge from Old Alton Bridge to Shane and Ryan's Bridge. Yeah. Is, they continue to vandalize that Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, <laughs> much to the chagrin of the moderators. Digital vandalism, don't do I mean, it's not that heavy. Yeah. You can't, you know, you, you know, good to keep them on their toes, I suppose. I guess it's better than writing, like, actual, like, actually vandalizing this bridge. Yes, which they also did. They also, uh, <laughs> yeah, vandalized. Yeah, did not encourage that. No. Yeah, I mean, digital vandalism. Well, um, yeah, sure. But, um, so do you guys need special permission to uh, go on some of these sites? Oh, yeah, we need full permission from any of the, the sites that we go to, whether it's, they usually have some kind of location rep, it's usually privately owned. Or if it's owned by the city, we have to get permission from the city. We have to go through all of the bells and whistles of permitting and making sure that we could legally shoot at these places. Because, I mean, it's, I don't think a location would be chill with all of a sudden logging onto YouTube and be like, hey, that's my house. <laughs> uh, we just get real good at picking locks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a, I'm sure there's a ton of other locations that we would have loved to have gone, but, uh, yeah, I they absolutely it. will not let us. There's a lot of people who give suggestions on which places we should go to, and the locations kindly tell us to go, just yeah. to screw off. Like, people have said, like, oh, you should do Alcatraz. And we're like, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, we'd love to. <laughs> I don't think they'd let us. Yeah. Or Area 51. Or Area 51. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. Mm. Right. Oh. Hmm. Did I just create inspiration? Oh no, I've wanted to go there for a long time. I just there's no way in hell that I'm ever going to set foot in that place. It's a pretty big area too, Area 51. No, no one really knows the parameters of it. That's kind of why it's a top secret oh, facility, right? Interesting. interesting. Probably a lot of subsurface levels. Yeah, like 100 stories deep. I bet you there's, and that's not even like the real Area 51. I bet you there's like another facility like in the middle of the ocean, like that Avengers prison. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably cool. something like that that's way more exciting. And oh, this yeah. Area 51 thing in the desert's just kind of like a facade. Yeah, no one's getting to the ocean. That's just, what they got to do. That's right, yeah. Stumbled onto something. Oh, man. <laughs> so how long does it take? So how long does it take? Great episode. Um, from conception of the idea of what story I want to cover to finish, probably about a month and a half, two months. It's because it, there's a considerable amount that goes into it from like writing it, researching it, shooting it, editing it. Um, but we are able to do multiple episodes, you know, concurrently uh, to, to be able to, you know, pump out the amount of episodes we do weekly. So, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a, a good amount of time. Uh, and I'm thankful that I have like a, a team of people to help me do it. So I'm not doing it by myself. Yeah, they put a lot of work into it. I think a lot of people sometimes see other 
like true crime blogs and think we just shoot it and upload it the next day. Because yeah. every, every now and then we'll upload an episode where, you know, we'll be in like Philadelphia or we were in London. And then people will tweet at us like, oh, you guys want to grab a beer with us tonight? We'll be like, it took a long time to make this episode. Yeah, we were. <laughs> that was a month ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We dig a lot. We went to London. And as soon as those London episodes aired, everyone in London was tweeting at us to come chill at the pub. Yeah, maybe we should put out an alert next time yeah. to let people know. Well, then we don't, well, I guess we don't want to spoil the episode. That's true. See, and now we're in a catch 22. Uh, I would like to chill at a pub. I guess we could do that, like, you know, on our own. Oh, just go on a nice little vacation. Yeah, yeah. Just the boys. Yeah. Well, you've got, you have to be careful how drunk you get. Otherwise, you might say things that you're not supposed to. Yeah, like, uh, yes. I don't know what we would say that we weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah, uh, you want to get drunk at those pubs in, in London? No. Uh, is this where you want to throw the, 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 the beer was very watery. <laughs> <laughs> we were a little disappointed with London. Hey. We heard they were such big drinkers, and every beer we got tasted a little bit like uh, Welch's grape juice. It yeah, was very uh, tame. I'm just going to go ahead and say that we, we sound like the typical Americans, like it needs to be stronger. But, I mean, come on. Two, two, three percent. What are you doing? I mean, man, that's, that's just the way they like it. That's like goddamn kombucha. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. kombucha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, next time we visit, we'll okay. up our game again. Or they'll never let us into the country. Yes, so if they hear this podcast, yes. they'll be insulted. They're precious here. Yeah, you got to be careful. So how does the, how difficult does Saint skepticism go? I don't think it makes it difficult. Per se, I would say, I don't think it makes it difficult really at all, just because, like, it's not, uh, our polarity is not really in any way hostile, I would say. There's been a couple episodes where I've actually gotten angry at him. Uh, I guess annoying sometimes, but it's never to the point where, like, where we're, like, actually angry, I would say. You know, a lot of times I think of myself, uh, like a criminal lawyer you know i'm a lawyer defending a murderer in a way <laughs> no, let me let me let's okay, yeah, let see where this talk goes. people have always they always say to lawyers who are who are defending murderers like well how could you do that and i've heard lawyers say well i'm not defending the murderer i'm simply putting forth possible reasons that they could be proven innocent so that the other person can prove that this person is without a doubt guilty huh, that's, so i'm just throwing stuff at you that yeah. you can, you know, you can paddle it back at me and say, no, I got a rock solid case. And a lot of times, sure, you fail to do that. But that's okay. Well, that's that's something you just deemed that I failed to do. Well, I agree to disagree. But the point is, I'm just here to try and poke holes and stuff. And it's fun. We have fun. You know, it's fine. Sometimes you're poking holes and not much is happening. It's going straight into a brick wall. Just, just your tools aren't, aren't, yeah, aren't, aren't sharp enough. They aren't hard yeah, enough. I'm not infallible. Yeah, well, we're yeah. just, you know, we, uh, we just, it's good to, good to discuss things, see it from two angles. Yeah, yeah. If we agree with each other, how boring would that be? Yeah. But every now and then we agree. We agree on a lot of things that don't delve into conspiracy or supernatural. I would say we agree on a fair amount. Yeah, even a lot of the places we visit, sometimes afterwards, Ryan will be like, I wasn't getting vibes from that place. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, you said that. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> You just said the coolest thing I've heard on the television. So the fact that you actually, you actually very rarely, but very rarely, but occasionally, I mean, it does play into you guys are almost, you guys are almost, 
information as you're recording this, learn as you're creating the and conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think maybe why it's a little bit more relatable than um, glossier shows. I would say. Yeah, I go into the the things pretty blind. I may know the general subject, but Ryan doesn't doesn't show me the scripts until we shoot. So when when he's telling the story of whatever we're covering that week, it's always the first time I'm hearing it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he's just got to deal with all the dumb things that I say every two sentences. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're very dumb. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> do you guys work on Busby products for our projects or are you found software? I've got feedback over Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, we we both initially started on um, working on a lot of different things, but now that Unsolved has become so popular, it sort of takes up a lot of our time. I recently started a, a new project called Ruining History that's like a really fun history panel. Ryan's on that as well, and we have sort of a rotating cast. So that's those two things are sort of taking up my time right yeah, now. Yeah, that's fun because I get to sit and be your role in Unsolved. I get to just sit, show up, hear the stories for the first yeah, time. Yeah, story time. Say silly things. Uh, it's a good time. But that, yeah, that show's great. Uh, and then for me, yeah, I'm pretty much consumed with making the two shows just because they alternate seasons. So when I'm not doing one season of True Crime, I'm doing a season of Supernatural. So not a lot of wiggle room for other things. Yeah, and even while the season is rolling out, because right now True Crime is wrapping up its season, but for the past couple months we've just been working on Supernatural to get that ready to go. Yeah, yeah. That's also why it's interesting. We have this thing called the Postmortem Show, which is like a weekly wrap-up of the past show where people get to ask us questions we'll answer them. It's always interesting when we're um, in the midst of doing something else, like we're shooting Supernatural right now, but we have to kind of like recalibrate and go back to true crime three months ago to this case we covered three months ago and answer questions about it so um that's that's interesting too yeah wait so you guys wait, so you guys have another show that you guys are working on no we it's it's sort of like a just like a very casual q a show that we post every wednesday yeah. um so every every friday the episode goes up and people between friday and monday or kind of over the weekend they'll they'll Right in with their questions like, oh, I've got this theory about this episode or they'll ask us questions about our theories. Uh, so then every Monday we'll look at the questions. We'll shoot like a fun Q and A and then that gets posted every Wednesday. So it's like a real, t- it's like a, a weekly reaction show where we get to field questions about what we discussed. Just, yeah. just a way for the audience to kind of connect with us and like maybe we could talk about things that we missed in the episode. Cause a lot of times I'll, I'll miss something in these cases because the, the cases are so big and the internet has so much information on these cases that people are quick to inform me that I'm a fool. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you forgot the key point, you idiot. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you're right. I'm an idiot. Here we go. Let's revisit it on Wednesday then. And that's kind of what happens. And there's also a lot of cases that have like small updates that maybe don't warrant an entire episode of updating. Like, you know, there's always news pieces. Well, we did an episode about Amelia Earhart last mm-hmm. season. Uh, and there was she was in the news this week, so on this week's yeah. postmortem, we just kind of covered the the updates about her. Yeah, so just kind of you know little little bits of miscellaneous mm-hmm. news. That's actually really cool. That's actually really cool. Yeah. But did you guys think that Unsolved was going to get as big as it did? No, 
<laughs> it's pretty quick to say that. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I really just started it as this like little germ of an idea to test to see if people would be interested in this like format. And I started it as like a three minute video where it was very much just two people sitting in a room talking about a case, kind of in the way that it's presented now, much looser than it is now. Um, and, and people reacted to it in a good way. And it just kind of slowly turned into what it is now as the audience started to grow and grow and people continued to support the show. And yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that it's gotten to the point that it has now. Cause I, there's no way I dreamed that it would get to this level. Yeah. And the initial, uh, the initial co-host was Ryan's, uh, our coworker and Ryan's friend, Brent. Uh, and Brent eventually just, <laughs> just didn't want to do the show anymore. He was busy with other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really don't like, Ryan had asked me, like, do, do you want to step in and maybe, you know, just be in it? And at the time, it didn't seem like a large question. I was just like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I asked you, like, we were sitting next to her at our desk, and I was just like, hey, you want to do this? It may be a commitment down the line, but I don't know. And you're like, I guess. And then I think we decided where we were going to go eat. We may have went to Denny's or Chipotle or something. Yeah. Uh, and now it just sort of consumes uh, 75% of my professional life. So <laughs> yeah. it was a fairly large question. It was a fairly large question. One day it could be, yeah, that's, that's One day it could be 100%. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. So for Ryan, so, uh, for Ryan uh, do you record different voiceovers separately, record different voiceovers separately for, each episode? for each episode? Yeah. Um, I mean, before I used to just use the, you know, the audio track of when I would tell the story to Shane for the first time. But it, it got kind of exhausting to just do a very theatrical voiceover voice uh, while I'm talking to Shane. So, like, now I kind of just tell them a little more casually so I can tell them quicker as well. And we can get through the shoot quicker. And then I'll just go and VO uh, my voice later. And then, you know, we'll just mix it up. But, yeah, definitely, I definitely record uh, a separate track now. It's all too, right? Uh, uh, history. Yeah. Yeah. The way Ryan does it is all very crafty. Yeah, tied it in. Yeah, that was good. Tied it right in. Didn't even notice. If you wouldn't have said anything, I wouldn't have noticed. That's how smooth it was. Yeah, thank you. It's, it still sparks interest. It still sparks interest. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, yeah, Not bad. So, since the show well, was since late, the show back, was late back, back, do you ever get backlash for disrespecting the dead? <laughs> yeah, I would... Um, Sometimes every now and then we, we've gotten a little bit of backlash, but I think we try, or at least... I try to be cognizant of the uh, of only kind of poking fun at the weird circumstances of the case, making fun of like the police who are often very incompetent in these cases. Or um, uh, a lot of times, people will just straight up throw away evidence, like autop um, medical examiners will just you know yeah it's just throw away evidence. Right. It's, there's usually a lot of wacky circumstance surrounding these cases, whether it's like what like I just said, incompetency or even like a widespread cover up that like spreads to the city. Yeah. Or the suspects themselves. Yeah, I think I think we we try to be very conscious of the fact that we don't want to be ghoulish about it. Uh, a lot of times we try to do cases that are much older, uh, hoping that you know it's not affecting a lot of people out there. Sometimes people will tweet at us and be like, "Oh, you should cover this case of a person who went missing two weeks ago," and we'll be like, "You know, yeah, I don't think that's good taste. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should do that." Um, and largely, we've avoided. You know, we try to refrain from, like Ryan said, we don't we don't really 
chuckle about the fact that these people's lives have been lost. It's more just the absurd circumstances around many of these cases. Yeah. Because yeah, we, uh, we still don't know. What's that? Yeah, why we still don't yeah, know. Why we still don't know why it happened. Yeah, happen. yeah and I mean, like, a large amount of times, murder is just not funny. Like, there's, like, a murder like, happens very often. It's very brutal and just to the point. Uh, the cases we cover are these weird cases that, you know, have these uh, just strange circumstances that, you know, separate them from, like, you know, I guess other typical cases. So, like, we have other things to talk about because there is a mystery that's inherent in it. Um, whereas other times it's just there's not much to talk about. At the same time, I think we also both have, like, a gallows humor. So, and I think the show, as much as we try, we do actively try to refrain from from being gross, it is reflective of, like, you sitting around with your friends and maybe not not being quite as polite about things. No, no, yeah, we definitely both have kind of, like, a like a, a dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we do try to you know, be conscious of all those things when we're, when we're talking about these cases. So it's, it's constantly a balancing act. Yeah. Right? And when people call us out on it, they're like, Hey, maybe that wasn't the best thing. We're like, yeah, that's fair. That's well, fair. Let's, let's maybe reel that back yeah, in the future. Yeah. Let's reel it back. Yeah. There was that boy in the box episode. Yeah. yeah that was, it was a sad one. That was a sad one. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. Yeah. I would say that yeah. that covers it. Yeah. If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them. But not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Package Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't, doesn't bother me either way. I just <laughs> say I don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever is it? I mean, Whatever President Kennedy. I mean, President is politician. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah, yeah this uh, is political. This is political. Yeah, you know. So, um, does Shane so, um, know what, does the, episode know what the episode filming? is before filming? No. Oh, sometimes I'll tell him maybe what the case is, but. He doesn't. He knows not to go. Like, let's Google all the clip notes for this this case. Yeah, I try to refrain. Some of them I'll have like a loose knowledge of because, like Ryan, I before we even started this show, I had the habit that weird habit of just sort of falling down Wikipedia wormholes where they'll be like, "Oh, this is a weird serial killer. Let me read everything about him." Um, yeah, yeah. But um, for the most part, yeah, I go into these things blind. Ryan does all the work. It is a, it's just a strange impulse that people have this kind of morbid fascination with serial killers. Yeah. Just recently, my girlfriend was watching uh, this show called The Alienist, which I don't know what network it's on, but... I think it's on TNT. Sure. They know drama. <laughs> they do know drama. But there was a part where someone was reading a letter from a serial killer, and I was like, oh, that sounds like Albert Fish. And she was like, what? I was like, <laughs> yeah, he was a serial killer. Killed a bunch of boys and ate them. <laughs> and she was like, how do you know that? I was like, oh, yeah. 
I don't know. It was lodged in my memory for some <laughs> horrifying reason. <laughs> it's just ready and accessible. I just recognize the parlance of that one particular serial killer's uh, uh, letters is all. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly normal. Anyway, we're disgusting. Out of all crimes, which ones do you absolutely hate? I don't know who did it. Well, I would say it would be number one, yeah. obviously, probably, right? Yeah. I guess aside from that. Yeah, given, like, just the details of that case and, like, uh, I don't know when this podcast is coming up or what happened recently. Yeah. That, was, um, that was bizarre. I'm trying to think, was there anything else, uh, like, in true crime where we were like, yeah, that's got to be it? I think the Cleveland Torso murder, I'm pretty sure that Francis Sweeney is the, the Cleveland Torso murder. Yeah, right? that guy had a lot of um, circumstances. I'm also pretty, I'm, I would say I'm pretty firm on George Hodel being the Black Dahlia murderer as well. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones where I feel like, I don't know, that might be it, I would say. Um, I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I, I mean, yeah, cause it's, I mean, like the cases inherently are supposed to never be solved and they probably never will be just, Either because there's no evidence and technology wasn't there at the time, um, or there's there's something actively preventing it from being uh, from being solved. But I guess supernatural. I'm almost positive that Roswell happened. Like I know a lot of them are like off in like a, like a gray area. But come on, come on. I'd like to believe in Roswell, but I'm pretty I sure can't that, commit to that. Pretty sure that happened. We're also covering another case this season that I'm like, yeah, this, this is definitely real as well. Oh, so, uh, uh, super Canadian extraterrestrial? Perhaps, perhaps. Interesting. Mm. You know, for a guy who says he believes in aliens, you sure should down a lot of I just aliens. don't think they're little people with arms and legs and big eyes is all. Why can't they be little people with big, like, big heads, little arms and legs? I don't understand why that. I just think they're like, you know. Do you ever wonder why that, uh, that image is so common? I don't know. I'm not crazy. Perhaps yeah. because several people have seen that image. In reality, and therefore it kind of just bleeds over into popular media. You ever consider that possibility? That's not what this conversation is about. Oh, well, we, we got, got, we got kind, more to address. You kind of turned it. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Let's 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 move on here. Sure, sure. I, I, I know you want to tap that. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, do you prefer so, trimming supernatural or true crime? Uh, it tends to. Honestly, I tend to like Supernatural a bit more. I think I would too. You like Supernatural more too? It, it, it wears on you a little bit when you, when you're focusing on so many grisly cases back yeah. to back. Yeah, so many. That's why I like this past season. I tried to mix up the cases so that's not all just grisly murders. Like we could cover a heist or, uh, or there was one case that was one of my particular favorites where I covered Vigilante Justice, which, uh, the Kendall oh, yeah. Roy, that episode's probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, and you but La Prince and La Prince uh, for all the cinephiles out there. But I just, uh, I just think, like you were saying, after a while of just the constant barrage of grisly murders is just taxing on you mentally. So whereas, like a lot of the supernatural um, places we visit, you're not quite sure if the details of what have happened in that place are actually true. Some of them could be chalked up to just legend or like you know campfire tales some of them may have actually been based in reality but it just feels a little bit more separated 
so that it's kind of just easier to wrap your head around. And also, it's just fun to hunt ghosts. It is fun. But that also where, like, <laughs> I do prefer Supernatural, but I've noticed that at the end of each season, at the end of a Supernatural season, I'm done with Supernatural, and I'm like, yeah, let's talk about murder some more, <laughs> because I'm tired of talking about ghosts. Uh, and then by the end of Supernatural, or end of True Crime, I'm ready to get back to ghost I, hunting. I think what it is, too, is, like, as the seasons have gone on, our, our our methods have become a little bit more sophisticated, and it's becoming harder and harder for Shane to, you know, reject the reality of ghosts are real. So I think he's kind of just grappling with that decision of when it, when should he end the charade kind of thing. Yeah, and I'll disagree with that. Yeah, I'll so, have to disagree with that entirely. Okay, well, there's one particular instrument that he really likes called the spirit box. If you don't know what it is, you should look into it. The it's, spirit box is a radio scanner that <laughs> no, insane people no. listen to. <laughs> dumbest thing in the world. There's no correlation between that and ghosts. I but think it might be. <laughs> well, <there's... laughs> so if I so ask it about the answer, might be different. Yeah, it's yes. He's he's sweating over here. Yeah, I'm really. I'm yeah, really... he looks really. He's gone right now. He's... There's sweat on his brow. He's you can't just say that. They can't see us. Yeah, I know. That's well, not. I'm fair. just telling them what the truth is. My skin is dry as a bone. No, I don't know. You could be all right there. You could be all right there. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not famous yet. Don't worry. I'm not famous yet. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so, all right, okay, yeah, that, I think that I think that about sums that yeah. up too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, so if you were a serial so, uh, killer, were a serial what, killer what would your signature be? Oh Jesus! I don't know, man. I don't know if I would want to answer that one just because, like, I don't spend much time imagining that I'm a serial killer. Shane, do you? Do you I do try to put myself in the mind of the killers. I, I guess if you are going to investigate these things, you do have to put your mind into a very dark place, which sometimes involves putting your yourself in the shoes of a killer, which is not a very fun thing to do. Uh, but you got to do it to understand them, maybe solve the case. Oh, God, I don't know. I feel like it would be something nice. Like something nice? Like, what if every time, if I obviously I break into your house and if I killed you, that sucks, but I... Did all the laundry and the dishes for who? Clean the house so that when they come to find it, they could be like, oh, there's a dead body here. But it looks like at least this killer left the place really nice for his family. Why would they think you did it though? They would just think, well, I would leave a note, a crypt, like a crypt. Like I would do like the magazine cutout letters and be like, sorry about the, the murder. Yeah. Enjoy the clean house kind of thing. Interesting. And then you could call. That would probably, you know, bring forth some kind of weird nickname. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean would be good. Oh, I'm pretty sure I couldn't. Oh, I guess Mr. Clean couldn't sue me. Yeah, the, the company's not going to sue a, a phantom serial killer. Yeah, unless they can become actively involved. I think at that point, legal battles are the... <laughs> like, That's like a, when we were... Trademark at, issues are not the, the biggest concern for a serial killer. Yeah, that's kind of when we were joking about uh, with our lawyers about... Bigfoot coming after us and suing us. Wouldn't that be great? That would be good. Yeah, that would be good. Litigious. You guys have lawyers? Yeah, I mean, not just our personal lawyers. Buzzfeed's lawyers. Buzzfeed's lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, there's certain things we can and can't say. Yeah, every now and then they'll be like, hey, if you say that, that you know, if you accuse that person of committing this crime, yeah, that could be liable. That could be very bad, yeah. yeah. So, but we said all kinds of stuff about Bigfoot. Well, yeah. Then, I mean, he hasn't come after us yet. That's true. So far, so good. Maybe he doesn't have access to email. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what, you, you didn't answer the question. Um, 
I guess I would. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd shave their heads and put a funny wig on them. Jesus Christ! Do I like a funny wig? <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? You realize that in theory that does sound kind of funny if you were imagining doing it to like a an alive person, but if you found that in a crime scene, they'd be like, "This is the most disgusting man of all time." Or no, okay, no, I got it. I just in the theme of of sort of putting some theatrics into it. Straight up, dress them like a mime. What the every f- person I kill, just put them, put a, put a stripy shirt on them, some black pants, some white paint, little. You realize this would make you both of those things. Huh? If you did them together, even if you did them separately, yeah. I feel like would make you one of the creepiest serial killers of all time. I'm the mimer because I mime people. Is this is this you intending to be creepy, or are you thinking like people will think, oh, that's kind of funny? I'm just putting. Um, yeah, I guess it. I guess creepy, it's, right? Yeah, I guess it's creepy. Yeah, I mean, you're going for that. You've succeeded. I can't think of... Horrifying thing is seeing a dead person. But even more horrifying is probably seeing a dead mime. Yeah, dead mimes. Not a lot of media out there of dead mimes. No. There's not a lot of mime media out there. what happens when you put him on camera and then just tell him the most horrendous information ever. Yeah, this is just... Like I said, I'm just plumbing the depths of... of uh, <laughs> Of the disturbed minds of the world. So yeah. this isn't me. That's no, no, no. You may be scraping the bottom of your own barrel there. I don't know. I'm not sure. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Jesus Christ. Dark. Dark. <laughs> well, I'm pleased with the answer. Well, I'm pleased with the answer. I mean, we just found out something about Shane. We didn't know. No, I already knew that. I already knew that he was a, a budding psychopath. That's... I mean, if you look at the number of times we threatened to kill each other on the show, I think your side might have a few more tallies on it. Yeah, but yours are always a little bit more alarming, I'd say. Yeah. And you have an other side. Like, there's periphery items that are a little bit more alarming on your side of the equation, I'd what say. What does that mean? Your fucking butterfly thing. Oh, so I have a butterfly encased in glass. That's no big deal. It's very weird. That's like a normal thing. Though. Okay, he's an objective person. Do you think that's weird? I feel like that's pretty weird. That is a serial color. That is a serial color trait. No. What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. What if I just like etymology? Ento- entomology? I, yeah, I think it's entomology. What's ed? Ed is the word. Enta is the. I forget. There was someone who was an entomologist in a recent movie. Oh, it was in Kingsman too. Colin yeah. Firth became a, a butterfly collector. Yeah, he was obsessed with butterflies. Oh, great! It was me and Colin Firth. He's not a serial killer in that movie. He's just a a, a charming, distinguished man. That's true. He is pretty charming. So there you go. If it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better. Ted Danson's character in CSI also believes bugs or something like that. Oh, oh great! He loves Ted Danson. Fine company. I love Ted. You do love Ted Danson. Don't even get him started. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Love it. Jesus Christ. Don't get him started. Yeah, seriously. You'll shout it out to a room. Show. Yeah, you'll shout it out to a room full of people and it's, receive zero response. It's more or less timeless. We were in Boston and he. <laughs> we were in this bar called Cheers. Yes, and he got in. I feel like you may have stood up on a chair. I don't know if you did. I did stand up on a chair. And he screamed to this bar full of people that were all drunk. Because uh, it was St. Patrick's. Let's hear it for cheers. Oh, let's oh, hear it for. for uh, I said, let's hear it for Fraser Crane. And nobody. Everybody just turned and looked at me like it was the opening scene of an American werewolf in London. <laughs> I was walking into the slaughter. Everyone just turned and looked and looked angry. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing at the Cheers bar if you don't even care about Fraser Crane? Because that show was about, what, two decades ago now? Three decades? Still. 
That that's like going to Disney World and saying, "Let's hear it for Donald Duck." I mean, I I guess you're just, it's just still a dated reference. Even no one even knows that bar is a reference. You can throw in some weird. I guess Warren Beatty is actually pretty relevant now because all Oscars. Yeah, Beatty's back on the scene, baby. <laughs> I've been to Cheers. Uh, I've been to Cheers a few times. Yeah, and if so, if you were in Cheers and someone came by and said, "Let's hear it for Fraser Crane," you'd say, "Yes, he was a great character." I really wish someone threw a beer bottle at you. Wouldn't that have been funny? <laughs> Shut up! Oh, perfect. That's what I was looking for. I don't think a lot of people are into uh, media as much as you think. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know Cheers exists that are our age, which is sad, but I guess I just figured why else would you be at that terrible bar? No one knows that bar was a Cheers bar. <laughs> it's called Cheers. Yeah, because they have cutouts of Fraser Crane and you, Ted Danson. You're acting like the show Cheers was based on something that wasn't a bar. Like, Cheers suggests you're going to drink. It's not like it was called Xerox or something. You know, like, it's like... It's a, just there's real bars around it, and there's this dumb, like, TV bar. Of course, you go to a real bar. I just thought, I, I, if I didn't know the show, I would have figured, oh... Cheers. Let's go to that place. I Sounds suspect like fun. we may have Thank spent you for listening to this episode of Crack. The show is hosted by me, Nick Dillon, and produced by Eric Lambiassi. We strive to share the experiences of amazing people that we might know and definitely love. Listen again in two weeks and stay crafty. Yeah, timeless. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay because that's an excellent way to end it. We just run out of questions. So I just want to. Yeah, I just want to thank you both for for both your time and uh, answering all of our questions and just being quite entertaining. Thank you very much. Of course, thank Uh, you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, take care. Until next time.